Um, we are talking about uh, faith and light. That's our this discussion. As you know, we've been looking at Pocket Full of Faith all year. And today it's about faith and light. So it's brilliant that we've got the lighthouse. We've been singing songs about light. It's been a good introduction to what we're talking about. Um, did you know, for example, that uh, in the Bible, the word light is used in the ancient Hebrew and Greek over 250 times? It's, in the first, it's on the first page and the last page of the whole Bible. It's, um, it's something that is referred to many, many times in many ways. And so what I want to do this morning very simply, is unpack the three main metaphors for light. What the Bible describes light as, the three things that are the three most common um, aspects of light and how the Bible describes that. Is that okay with you? A few nods, good. Uh, if it's not okay with you, you can just tune out for a couple of minutes. Um, so let's start. We're going we're gonna to have a video playing. So let's start with that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Right at the beginning of the Bible, God spoke light into existence. This video you're watching is uh, taken from the International Space Station and it is the sun right coming over the horizon of the earth. God spoke light into existence and God stated that light was good and that is the first metaphor we're looking at in the Bible the strongest thing we see is that light is good we know this intrinsically from the from the moment we're born to where we are now we've heard this over and over again it's inbuilt into us light is good light versus darkness good versus evil light is good and in the ancient world the main uh, narrative for creation was the Babylonian creation myth about how the water and the darkness was all in turmoil and the gods fought and one God overcame this darkness to put himself in the place and fought to become light. And the creation story, the Hebrew creation story was written to put the record straight. That Babylonian story was a myth because actually God didn't have to fight. He didn't have to struggle to overcome. God, with one divine work, spoke light, light into existence, and he said it was good. And so light and darkness, good and evil, throughout the Bible, we know that, this, that, that, that it's a very common theme. Light is all about um, justice and good, whereas darkness is all about wickedness, judgment, death pain, sin. I remember a few years back, uh, 
Mark Yates and I took a group of young people caving in, uh, in Wales. And uh, we had to put on all the gear, we had to put on the hard hat with a little light on it. And we had to literally crawl on our bellies through a small gap in the rock uh, for a few hundred feet to get into a large cavern. And there was freezing water flowing. I had a hole in my welly boot. Um, it, was, it was a really unpleasant, uncomfortable experience. And when we got in there, our instructor told us to turn the lights off. And we were in this incredibly uh, large underground cavern with water flowing, you could hear it gushing through. And about eight very scared young people. And you could not see a thing. There was no shaft of light. And the fear, even though we had lights on here and we knew we were with people, the fear was overwhelming. We were in this place, we didn't know how to get out. That darkness was all consuming. But God spoke light. And as that light came, that darkness disappeared. And so light is good. I want you to know that. Say it with me. Light is good. Light is good. Okay. The second of the metaphors that is used quite commonly in the Bible is that light is life. So in our modern world, we now understand a little bit more about light. It's part of the wide electromagnetic spectrum, which goes from um, X-rays and gamma rays on the really high frequency end, right the way through to super ultra low frequencies beyond radio waves. Uh, the electromagnetic spectrum runs all kinds of things, and there's a small section of that spectrum which is about visible light, the light that we can see. So that tiny little part of that whole spectrum where all those waves that are bouncing around our, our planet and our solar system and our universe, that small section of light is what brings life. Not just figuratively, literally. The sun is our main source of light. It's where most of our energy comes from. And the sun does an amazing thing to plant life. Plant life is designed to absorb that sunlight and turn that energy into sugars, normally stored as starches, which help that plant to grow. It's a process we all know as photosynthesis, if you paid attention in your science class. And as those flowers and those plants and those trees grow, they provide uh, nutrients and nourishment to all the animal life around us, all those insects and, and uh, bees and um, spiders and uh, then small mammals and other creatures that which eat the plant life and then as the food chain goes up and the carnivores eat those, those, um, those vegetarian plant eaters, uh, it brings this whole process of life through. But it starts with the sun. The sun, that light energy, provides pretty much the source of all life on this planet. So in a very literal sense, life is light. And the writers of the Bible, although they didn't have this scientific background knowledge, they knew this to be true. Light is life. Spiritually too, Psalm 56 verse 13. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling 
that I may walk before God in the light of life. That light of life in God has literally delivered me from death and, uh, and my feet from stumbling. And the whole of the Old Testament is littered with references to God's light being like life. And we know this to be true as well. Um, when, you, when you are away from the sunshine, when you don't see direct sunlight, when you don't have light for a long period of time, it affects our moods. It affects how we feel. It affects our physicality and our skin tone. Um, and yet, when you get into a hot summer's day and you step out into the sunlight and you feel the sunlight and the warmth on your face, doesn't it make everything feel good? Because light is life. Um, it transforms us. It makes a difference from the darkness when we come into life. It changes our, us. And God's light in our lives makes a massive difference, which we'll see in a bit. In John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, there's this classic statement which contrasts with the beginning of Genesis. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Light is life. It brings us to life. And when we step into the light of God, we know that it changes us. Light is good. Light is life. And then the third main metaphor that we see throughout the Bible, light is a guide. There's something about fire, isn't there? When you try your best, last week was uh, was bonfire night. Uh, the church bonfire, the um, the town bonfire night, sorry. And last night was the official bonfire night, Guy Fawkes celebrations. There's something about fire. It draws us to it. And apart from the sun, which we've already explained, fire, historically, is the most important light source for us when the sun goes down. Throughout the whole of history, fire, it provides us with heat, but it provides us with, with sight. Because of this light in the darkness, we can see. I love the fact that we've got the lighthouse here today because the lighthouse is a great example of a shining beacon. The whole point of a lighthouse is it is on the highest place in the most prominent position, shining a light out so people can avoid trouble. In ancient times, beacons also served, uh, served the purpose of, of spreading a message. In, um, in 1588, there are 151 ships uh, from the Spanish Armada that rounded the, uh, the coast into the English Channel. Um, and um, in Cornwall, in Lizard in Cornwall, they spotted the Armada coming through. They were, they were planning to invade England and to take the throne from the Queen Elizabeth I. 
and uh, uh, there'd been lots of stuff going backwards and forwards. They knew this was coming, but this was the first sighting of the ships and the ships outnumbered the British fleet. And so what did they do? They had to get the message. And so in Cornwall, they lit a beacon, a bonfire on one of the highest places on one of the hills to say that there's something happening. We need to get this message out. And then miles away on the next hilltop, another beacon was lit and another beacon was lit and another beacon was lit. And within a matter of a few hours, the bonfires on the hilltops had gone from Cornwall to London to warn the, the, uh, the Queen and the fleet that the Spanish had arrived. Amazing. That, in the, that light shining in the darkness on those hilltops across, the UK, across England must have been something to behold. Because light is a guide. We use it to see where we're going. Um, and we see that throughout the whole of uh, the, the, the Bible as well. Um, throughout the Old Testament, light is synonymous with God. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 105, as we sang in the Amy Grant song today, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. God's word, that light helps to see, us to see where we're going. It lights our way. And then that, that idea, that concept was developed into the New Testament, not just to talk about God, but to talk about Jesus. Jesus became the God light. Uh, John 8 verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we develop this idea from the Old Testament, God being light and life, through to Jesus being light and life. But then, Jesus in Matthew 5.14 does something extraordinary. He transfers that God light just from Him and the Godhead to all of us. You, you, are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. A, a lighthouse on a hill cannot be hidden. A bonfire on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So we've got this idea of God being light, God being our guide, through to Jesus being the guide, through to us as followers of Jesus, carrying that very light, that very guide out into the world. We become the carriers of light. You are the light of the world. Those are the three main metaphors in the Bible. Light is good. Light is life. Light is a guide. And what I love about this topic is that most of this we understand naturally. When we start to look at it and we, we look throughout the Bible, these things are light. It's a, it's a metaphor that we totally get. And in our experiences of God, and as we come to know Jesus and as we walk with Him, we understand that concept. God is our guide. God brings us life. God is good. 
But what I love and the challenge for us that, that um, Jesus brought about in Matthew 5 is he told his followers, he told us today in this day and age that we carry that light. We are the light of the world. Not just him. First of all, he says, I am the light of the world. But then he says, you are the light of the world. And that is both a tremendous pleasure and a tremendous responsibility. We carry the light of Jesus into our world. And if you're like me, sometimes you feel that on days that is like a raging bonfire and other days that's barely a spark. Depending on how you feel. Depending on what's going on in your life. And so the important thing here is to focus back on God. It's to turn back to Him, to understand Him as the goodness, Him as the life, and Him as our guide. And when we can do those things, it puts everything back in perspective. Because as we follow Jesus, as we follow His Word, as we read about Him, as we pray, as we meet with people, as we worship, our light grows stronger again. So the question today is, how is your light? Is it burning bright like a bonfire? Or is it more of a sparkle or somewhere in between? And we're just going to take a couple of minutes. Andy's going to play. Um, I'll invite us all to stand up, if you may. And just consider those things. Consider where your heart is. Consider how God's light is shining in you. Is it good? Is it life? Is it a guide? And if not, let's spend a couple of moments just focusing on Him and asking Him to be in and with us again. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. It truly is a lamp to our feet. Thank you for this idea of light, for the goodness and the life it brings and and that you guide us in this way. And we thank you that you trust us to be your lights in this world. As we stand here this morning, be in us and with us. Make your light shine in us so that others may see the good deeds and praise you. Not for our glory, but for yours, God. We pray your light continues to shine. Give us the wisdom, give us the words, and give us the passion to see that happen. In your name, Father. Amen.